From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Could a registered dietitian nutritionist help you make better food choices? Well, today I'm going to speak with registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin from Upstate. She's been a frequent guest on HealthLink on Air, and I thank you for making time again today, Maureen. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I want to start out by asking you to tell us about the role of a registered dietitian nutritionist. When might a doctor refer a patient to someone like you? Oh, well, typically any kind of medical situation that would call in terms of for people to start making positive changes in terms of their diet, say someone who has just been recently diagnosed with diabetes, someone with heart concerns, um, someone with some GI issues, say irritable bowel syndrome. Um, We even have patients who are referred in terms of um, maybe they're having problems gaining weight, which is a fun thing to work with clients, or the opposite, people who need to lose weight to help themselves in terms of maybe arthritis, um, you know, joint problems, those kinds of things. So there's a multitude of medical concerns that a doctor would typically refer someone to. How would a person prepare if they have a visit for, uh, with a nutritionist coming up? How would, how would you guide them to prepare for that visit? Well, one of the things, and I know, as you said, I've been a frequent flyer on your program. One of the things I always like people to do is if they can write down at least a few days' worth and do a food diary, a food log, I think that's a really important thing because it can help the dietitian look at what you're typically eating. Because, it's, you know, when we put people sometimes on the spot, like, what did you eat last Tuesday? They're like, I have no clue. Or what did you eat last night? Sometimes we remember, sometimes we don't. But a food log can give people an idea. And you have to be as honest as possible, but it helps you look at your pattern. It helps you look at your style of eating. It can help you look at the times that you're eating. And I always tell people when they do that to at least include a weekend because our Mondays through Fridays are so different from our weekends. And I know there's some online resources for tracking what mm-hmm. you eat, right? Oh, there's online. Now there's all the apps that people can do in terms of it. You know, there's all the different things where you can put in and do a profile, and they'll give you a calorie range. I, some of those are great because I, I think that's helping people look at what they're doing. I like ones when people are doing it um, that have like a wheel, and they give you the breakdown of your carb, protein, fats, and calories. I think that's an important component for people to look at because a lot of times people have no idea what what mainly their, their intake consists of. Are they a big carb eater? Are they like a high-fat eater? And I find those very, very helpful, and then that can help the dietitian guide the patient. And so they need to be mindful of the time they eat because that says something, and then what they eat and then how much of it? How much of it, and also sometimes who. With who are you eating and where oh. are you eating? You know, are you with you know, your husband or your partner, and they're sitting there watching TV, and they're snacking, and you just start snacking with them. And is it late at night, and is it after dinner, what time? So those are a lot of the behavioral things that I think sometimes people don't realize that are important. I find very important when dealing with what am I doing as far as my eating pattern and my eating style. So would people uh, necessarily be coming for like a one-time visit, or would they perhaps see a nutritionist regularly? Well, a a terrible timely thing right now is insurance payments. Personally, from a a dietitian's perspective, I would love people to come more often. Um, But sometimes, again, with your insurance coverage, some people can't afford that. But the ideal situation is an initial consult where we kind of get an idea of, oh, this is how you're eating, and then we give you a plan or some guidelines. 
I like revisits. You know, usually I like people to work with whatever plan we've devised and say, okay, let's come back in maybe about a month and let's see how this is working for you. And then you could probably go from like a six-week basis if you need it. All right. So the other things we're going to talk about in this interview are sort of going to be some general advice about nutrition, but a registered dietitian nutritionist is able to give more of a personal approach. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I think more of a personal approach and not only a personal approach, more of a scientifically based approach. Um, It's not somebody that's been on the internet and just has the advice or it's your neighbor down the street um, or it's just something that you read or somebody told you about. You know, we're looking, we're registered dietitians. We're registered through our academy. We have to take training. Um, Everything that we look at is more scientifically based. And I know it's, uh, it seems like a rigorous program in college, you know, for, for. Yeah, it's definitely a rigorous thing. And I think that, that when we talk about the changes, I think people sometimes don't realize what we've gone through in terms of, you know, the, the college courses that you have to take in terms of the science behind everything. Um, and looking at that, um, the anatomy, the physiology, all those kinds of things. It's, you know, it used to be everyone was like, oh, are you, are you the person that's flipping my burger? It's like, no, I'm the person who could tell you what's in that burger. <laughs> but I think that's one of the good changes because we've seen so much interest, um, you know, since I've been a dietitian in, in nutrition and, and healthy, healthy eating habits and trying to improve your eating habits, too. Is it a four-year degree, or do you have additional training after that? Um, well, the base is a four-year degree. When I first started, it was we did a coordinated program. Now it's tending to go towards your four-year degree with a master's, so people do an internship. Um, so it's, a, it's pretty extensive that people don't realize. Now, I know there are some registered dietitian nutritionists who specialize in, say, diabetes, for instance. Right. Are there other types of specializations? Oh, definitely. Um, like right in the hospital where we work, we have almost 30 dietitians, and they can range from inpatient dietitians that are working on, on the pediatrics. They could be working with transplant. They could be working with ortho. We have our outpatient dietitians, such as myself. We work with people who have diabetes. We have um, people who work with our perinatal. We have people that just do general. We have our GI dietitians, pediatric as well as adults. So there's, we've almost become like the medical field that there are specialties even within the dietitian's field. And then there's nutritionists outside of the hospital, like just community. Community dietitians, dietitians that work at grocery stores. Now we have, we have dietitians who are blogging. We have dietitians who are doing online counseling for patients. Um, we have dietitians working in the military, sports teams. It's just an, it's an unbelievable, great expanse in terms of the field of dietics, dietetics. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Maureen Franklin, a registered dietitian nutritionist at Upstate. I know that March is National Nutrition Month. Yes. So I wanted to talk with you about some of the important themes that have been advanced by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of eating a variety of nutrients, why is getting a variety important? Well, that's one of the things that we've always tried to get people to think about. Because when we think about variety, you are not limiting yourself to one food, and that one food has, you know, certain nutritional qualities. The more variety, the more you are introducing to your your body and your food food intake a variety of nutrients, color, fiber, all those kinds of things. So. 
that's a really important thing. You can look at variety in terms of the color of the food. So where we say, let's try and get more fruits and vegetables, eat more greens, eat more yellow, orange-colored vegetables. So that is just a great way of healthy eating because you are introducing more and more nutrients and, and more great combinations of food. Well, let's review. What are the food groups that need to be included? Well, we always look at, I mean, you can go back to the old, you know, um, my plate. You can look at the old pyramid. We're always including some type of whole grain because uh, we want people to look at the whole grains in terms of providing great fiber. We're looking at your dairy because your dairy can provide good calcium as well as protein. We're looking at always your fruits and vegetables because we say those are, you know, those are like the first mainstay that we try and get people to have more of. And even more, probably, we try and push more of the vegetables lately because we know more of the, the science behind more plant-based. Um, lean protein. We need some protein in our diet. Um, so that's another thing. You know, we recommend more fish, chicken, lean meats. And people always get a little concerned and say, do we need fats in our diet? And we do. We need some fats. But, again, with everything, it's all about what's our portions and how much are we eating and how often are we eating those foods. So I didn't hear a sugar or dessert group. Those can be included, but they're not our major. When we're looking at our major groups, so again, that's the thing. Realistically, are we going to tell people never have a dessert? No. What I'm going to look at more is how often are you having it, and if you're having it maybe too frequently, could you decrease the amount of what you're having? I think it's important when we talk about variety and we talk about all the things that you know, dietitians talk about, it's also important for people to enjoy their food. I want people to enjoy life. I want people to enjoy food. I don't want us to think of how they always think of us as the food police. You know, people are always surprised when I'm like, yeah, you can have that dessert, but I want you to think about the taste and I want you to enjoy it. And maybe you can have a smaller piece. They're always going to think we're always going to be no, no, no negative. And I find that's the worst approach. Now, I know water is not a food group but, item, but but is it is water considered a nutrient? Um, water is considered a hydration for us. Um, you know, I don't know if they actually how we classify water. We just classify water as something that we talk to people in terms of what's your hydration, where are you getting your fluids from. And, again, that can lead us to where you're saying about the added sugars. So if, you're, if your fluid intake is more coming from sodas, could you switch that and go back more towards water? So it is one of the things that we always talk to people, like, what are your fluids? And um, that's a, that's a, t- a touchy subject sometimes because people don't realize that, you know, that cappuccino really probably doesn't have much coffee, but it has a lot right. of added sugar. So those are the kinds of things, as a dietitian, we kind of pull it out of people, like, oh, what do you, it's kind of like taffy. You know, people don't think about it so much. It's like, oh, what do you have with that? What do you drink with that? You know, what are you snacking on? So um, a nutrition visit that most people don't realize could take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour when you're doing a one-on-one consult. Well, yeah, there, I imagine there's a lot of those habits that we have that we just don't even think about. Right, but and until someone mentions it, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot I do that. Oh, yeah, I forgot I do that. And so it's that, all right, what are you doing? And not, again, on a negative. It's just that that's helping us to say, what's your pattern? What are your styles? And then how can we help you make more positive changes? Now, in terms of portion control, even if we're talking about variety, you still have to think about portion control, right? Still want to think about portion control. Because, again, if we aren't thinking about portion control, what typically is going to happen is, oh, 
while I'm gaining weight. And again, we look at weight gain, you know, concerns with diabetes, heart health, those kinds of things. So, and even just for good general nutrition, uh, you, we want people to be at a at a good weight. We don't want people to be heading towards that BMI, towards overweight obesity. Now, the nutrition label on foods, is that going to help a person uh, know what the portion should be? Oh, yeah. I think with the new changes, I think it's going to be a very, very good step because the new labels, we're going to look at something more realistically <laughs> because it's not going to say, oh, this little serving of ice cream is a half a cup. It's going to say, well, if you buy this little pint thing and you eat this whole little half pint, this is the calories for it. Or if you have this 16.9-ounce bottle of soda, it's not going to be 2.5 servings. It's going to be the bottle. So more real, yeah, and I've seen like bags of chips. They used to yeah. be, you know, two servings in a bag, you know. Right, one. two servings in a bag. Do you think anybody cuts out, you know, counts out 15 to 16 chips? No, they eat the bag. So I, I definitely think the new labels are going to be a, a great help for people because I think they're, if they, if they use them, which I think is important to do, but it's going to be definitely more realistic. It's going to be, you're going to eat that little bag of chips. You're going to eat that bag of pretzels that's going to have, you know, the whole bag is the serving size. So I'm, I'm very excited about the new labels. I think they're great. Well, I know people like to be spontaneous, but um, the, the idea that planning your meals can help you make better decisions. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. And, and the thing about that is, you know, I've been a dietitian a long time, um, but that's one of the things people are always like, well, can you give me sample menus? How can you help me? And meal planning can be so easy. It's just, again, we have to break it down. We have to look at how can I do this? And you have to know what your family likes, what you like, um, you know, what your financial situation is. But it can be something as easy as uh, a pork roast is on sale. So I can have that on Sunday, and then I can take that pork roast, and then maybe I can make two days later, I can make barbecued pork from that. And I can serve that over noodles and the pork roast I had with a baked potato. So some of those are the easy plannings, and I think what people do is we tend to make it too difficult. We pretty much eat about the same things, and we have our typical meals. So it's like, why not plan four, four ideas for dinner? Why not plan four lunch ideas? You know, and if something comes up, that's not the end of the world. But at least you know that I planned this. I went grocery shopping, so that food is available. If I don't have time, well, I still have eggs in the refrigerator, and I can make an egg frittata, those kinds of quick, easy things. So I think sometimes we, we want it. We want it but we tend to make it more difficult than it really is. Well, thank you so much to registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin from Upstate. Oh, thank you, Amber, and stay healthy, everyone. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.